Hi guys, my name is Brendan Patrick, and you're listening to Superlit. Superlit is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to the... Oh, fuck. (laughs) Superlit is a... Come on. Superlit is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBT community. Um, Hey, everyone. So, uh, this week's book is called Speak No Evil, and it is by the author of Beasts of No Nation by... I'm going to mispronounce this, and I feel like an idiot, because I feel like I do this to everyone's names, Um, which is why I try not to be upset when people call me Brandon. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've probably mispronounced your name, so go ahead. But um, it's Uzo Dinma Iwila? I think that's right. If it's wrong, please clock me. Please tell me how wrong I am. Um, I continuously sound like an idiot when I talk about people's names. So, uh, the book that we're, we're talking about is, uh, Speak No Evil, which, um, this book is, uh, is very different than all of the other books that we've had on the podcast so far. And it's different because, um, the main character, his name is Nero, um, his family is from Nigeria and they're conservative parents. Um, and a lot of the books that we've read so far, um, it hasn't been, they haven't been super conservative. So a lot of the books we've read, they haven't been about super conservative families. Um, a lot of them have been kind of, uh, softer in that aspect, if you will. And this book, uh, really, really is different when it comes to that. And it was, it was hard to read, uh, sometimes because of that. So the book is, it's pretty short. It's 200 pages. Um, I'm going to read the book sleeve for you guys now. So you can, uh, see what the book is about on the surface. Nero leaves a charmed life raised by two attentive parents in Washington, DC. He's a top student and a track star at his prestigious prestigious, well, <laughs> at his prestigious private school bound for Harvard in the fall. But Nero has a painful secret. He is gay, an abominable sin to his conservative Nigerian parents. No one except Meredith, his best friend, the daughter of prominent Washington insiders, and the one person who seems not to judge him. When Nero's father accidentally discovers an incriminating text on his phone, the fallout is brutal and swift. 
Coping with troubles of her own, however, Meredith finds that she has little left emotionally to offer him. As the two friends struggle to reconcile their desires against their expectations and institutions that seek to define them, they find themselves speeding towards a future more violent and senseless than they can imagine. Neither will escape unscathed. Okay, let me tell you. Um, so I read, I read that, uh, I read that opening like that, the book sleeve and I was like, oh, this will be interesting. Like, I want to see how this, this works out. Um, yeah. So it's, it's rough. It's, it's really rough. This uh, book, it's hard to read because, um, basically the story up to a certain point, I'm not going to spill the whole thing. I don't think this is going to be a super long episode either because it was very difficult for me to read. Um, and by difficult to read, I mean the story itself for me, um, there are spoilers here, everyone. So just like as a warning, so conversion therapy is definitely a thing that still happens in the United States and Nero's parents, um, they're not from the United States and they have a, like very, very conservative, um, ideas of, um, romantic lifestyles and they follow the Bible and they're very religious and, uh, Meredith and Nero are hanging out after a snow day and Meredith tries to like put, put the moves on Nero and he doesn't reciprocate. And he's like, Hey, you know what? I think I'm gay. And she tries to help a friend out and she downloads Tinder and Grindr and all those apps onto his phone. And he sets up a date through Tinder with a guy. And while this is happening, he can't find his phone like afterwards. So he sets up the date and then he like sees the guy when he's driving through the city in DC and he decides not to follow through with the date. So he doesn't even do anything. And, uh, Still, while this is happening, he can't find his phone, so he can't even tell the guy that he's not going. But when he gets home, his dad's sitting in the kitchen, and uh, he confronts him about it. And it's just like, like it was rough reading this because the dad is very aggressive, and he um, gets very physical with his son, and he kind of be- he he beats him up. He slams his face into a wall, and the mother has to break them up. So. The mother convinces Nira to go to church with her after a little bit of time and uh, after the the incident with his father. And he goes, and while they're there, she's like, hey, the reverend wants to talk to you. Like, let's, let's do this. Let's just, like, get this out of the way. I think this would be good for you. So she convinces him to go talk to the reverend, and the reverend's like, hey, if this is true, like, if you think you're gay we're going to get that abominable sin out of you. Like we're going to get this sin out of your body. Like we're going to get you right back on track and in the light of God. And reading this, uh, was so, so hard. And I didn't know, uh, this book was given to me by a friend. Um, I didn't know how rough this story was going to be. And, um, in my family, like, you know, I, my family never tried to do that with me ever. Um, so I'm very, very lucky. And I know that not everyone's story is that easy, but reading about it, like, was just like, 
it, I feel like I would read like two pages at a time while reading this book. And it's a very short story and it took me forever to finish because I was just having such a difficult time with it. And also for me, the, the writing style is wildly different than anything I've read before where it's not very, it's like linear, but not at the same time. Uh, the author will go back and forth between like past, present, future. Um, not so much future, but, uh, past and present. And it's just, it's difficult to read in that aspect. The story was really, really, it, it was interesting to read because I've never read something about conversion therapy and how, uh, and this aspect, it was very much like him going to, uh, church, um, him being taken back to Nigeria to have the gay prayed away, if you will, and having to go to like weekly sessions with the Reverend when he came back to the United States. And it was, uh, it was really, really difficult to read that because the character Nero, he starts kind of like feeling like, Oh, like if I want to be like normal, I have to do this. If I want to be normal, I have to do this. This is what the Reverend says. And it, it just like, it sucked to read that because, uh, it, it, it's just sad. It's a very sad story. And, um, it's different than like, uh, what's another sad book that I've read? Uh, Adam Silvera books are really sad. Um, but I'm like, not, it's not like this where it's like, like, really, really, really sad. Like I, I just feel emotionally drained afterwards. Um, I finished this book a couple of days ago and I, I didn't want to pick it back up because of the ending specifically. The ending, uh, is very topical and it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's not something I saw coming. Um, and it's not being like super excited about it. I'm like, Whoa, the ending was crazy. The ending was crazy and I didn't see it coming, but it's very topical. Um, I do think that, um, the, the book itself was really, I think, astounding, um, to read just because I haven't really read anything like this before. And I think it was very, I think it was important to read because of the kind of story it was. Um, and not to say that I had to like force myself to read it, but I did put it down a couple of times just because of how heavy the topic was. And also, like I said, the style of writing was a little wonky for me, but I think that this is very important to read only if to see like the story, like to see the story played out for this kind of, this kind of character, because there are people in the world who are from very, very conservative families. They themselves are very conservative and they're afraid of who they are as a person. And that's very much how this story is. Uh, Nero is very, you know, afraid of who he is and he tries to hide it and he tries to be as quote unquote, as normal as possible. You know, he, he seems like, you know, like a normal kid and like quote unquote, normal kid, uh, He's, you know, a track star. He's going to Harvard. His his life seems like it's, you know, going in the right direction. And uh, he always talks about his brother. He has a brother named OJ. And he's always talking about how, like, 
oh, my brother does this. And like, you know, my, my family always treats him so well and this and that. And I, it, it was just like, it was difficult. It was hard to read. Um, but I do think that, like I said, quite a few times, the story itself was interesting enough that I didn't want to just like stop reading, um, completely, which I think is, uh, great for the book itself. Um, honestly, if you are like faint of heart or if like this kind of thing triggers you, I wouldn't pick this book up. Um, I think this is the first book on the, on the podcast that I'm like putting up a warning, like, Hey, if something like this triggers you, because it kind of triggered me, um, maybe don't pick this book up. But if you find this kind of story important, because these stories are very important to read, um, I would pick it up. I think it's a great book. It's, you know, it's a very different kind of, you know, story, especially a very different kind of LGBTQ story. And it's, uh, you know, it's something that can happen and it is a reality that certain people face. And I, I am thankful that this author put this book out because, um, it made me look at certain things in a different light and, uh, things that I've never gone out of my way to look into, obviously, because, uh, I think, you know, conversion therapy and praying the gay way, that's just not my course of life. And, I'm hoping that it's never anyone else's course of life because it's that's sad and it's it's just it's scary for me, you know, this is my opinion, but I I actually would be interested in reading the other book that he's written, The Beasts of No Nation because uh he won I believe he won some like pretty big awards for that book. Um he won the uh, Los Angeles Times Art Seedenbaum I'm pronouncing that wrong uh, Seedenbaum Award for First Fiction the Sue Kaufman Prize for First Fiction from the American Academy of Arts and Letters and there, like a few other things he, he's also gone to Harvard so that's that's kind of it's kind of cool that he included that in his character form um, but uh I'm kind of on the fence for this book. Like, you know, I would like to suggest it just because the story is very, you know, raw and emotional. But um, if this is something that's difficult for you to read, uh, maybe, you know, take it in stride, you know, take steps with it. Because it it is uh, a very difficult topic. And um, I didn't expect that when I was given this book. You know, it. it I have a few... Uh, other books sitting on my shelf and out of the ones over there, like I didn't expect that to happen with this book. And my friend who had given it to me, she didn't mention it either. She's like, Oh, you might like this book. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll read it. She's like, yeah, you can do it for your podcast. I was like, Oh, awesome. Great. I love getting book suggestions. And I think that was like wildly nice of her to do that. Um, and I just, I did not expect like 90% of the, this book to happen, let alone the ending. Um, and then the book is split up into two parts. Um, I think there's like 14 or 15 chapters altogether, including the two parts uh, in the book. So part one is Alphonero's perspective, and then part two is Meredith's perspective. And it, it, uh, it really 
sheds light on what's going on. You don't really know what truly happened after part one until you read fully Meredith's perspective. Um, And I was wondering why she had her own specific part in the book. And uh, it's important. You know, it it really finishes the book. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I've gotten all of the, like the thoughts I had out of the way for the, for this. Um, Sorry, it's a short episode, but, um, and I took notes on the book too, but like I said, it was very difficult and I don't want to get too in depth in it because I think to truly understand like what this book is and like how important it is, you have to actually read it. Um, and it, like I said, it's very topical. It's very much, you know, something that is going on right now. And those are my thoughts on Speak No Evil by Uzadinma Iwala. Iwala? Iwala? Iwala. Uzadinma Iwala. Um, again, I'm terribly sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, but um, it was really interesting to read, and it was very much a different kind of book, and I've never read anything like this. And if anything, if you want to pick up a different kind of queer story, pick this up. But like I said, it is just a heavy read. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. My name is Brendan Patrick, and you've been listening to Super Lit.